Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. Well, good morning, church, and happy new year, happy 2018. You're excited about what God has in store for you this year? I don't know about you, but I am, and and I'm going to share some things, hopefully, that can encourage, inspire, and maybe even provoke you to reach out for greater things in God, because I believe we're living in an hour that we need to be serious about our commitments. We we need to be determined in our hearts that we're going to follow through, not be half-hearted in what we do. There's too much half-hearted attitudes and behaviors and practices within the kingdom of God. And we can't see that. We don't want that at Refuge. We want to be all in. Because when we are, we're going to see a marvelous work of God. Because, you know, God does so much based on our commitment. See, commitment is simply you giving it all to God, being totally committed. Because you will never be fulfilled in life until you're totally committed. Whether that's in your marriage, whether that's in a friendship, or if that's to your career, or if that's to God. If you're totally committed in your relationship to him, you will find total fulfillment in him. Amen? And so that wasn't even in my notes, but that's good. I just want to encourage you this year, and and we'll see how this thing goes this morning. Uh, I have some news to share with you. A man of God that has been dear and treasured to many of us went home to be with Jesus this past Friday at 3.03 p.m. Happens to be my dad. And, you know, we know he's in a better place. And he lived a life at 92 years of age. He went home to be with Jesus. In the last days, the family really got to spend a lot of time with him at his bedside. We had 24-hour coverage. And we were able to speak and share. And he was able to hear and respond and know what was happening. And he was able to continue to communicate to us how much he wanted to go home and be with Jesus. We had said our goodbyes. Uh, We had done all that. I got siblings on the phone that were from out of state to, to speak into his ear. And, you know, you could just hear it. And his voice got weaker and weaker. And it's interesting because I, I spent the night with him uh, Thursday night. And I left there after hospice arrived. And, and uh, Trish, my uh, nephew's wife, was there. And, and then I said, I'm going to go home and get a couple hours of sleep. I'm going to pick up Deb. And I'm going to pick up Mom. And we're going to come and see you at 2.30. Mom's getting her hair fixed up so she'll be real pretty for you. And so uh, we're going to come and see you. Well, we got a, a call. Actually, Pat Conkle was there, and, and she called me and said, uh, it, it's getting close. You need to get the family together. And so I was picking Mom up from the beauty parlor and uh, beginning to drive back uh, to uh, Willowbrook Assisted Living Home, where he was. Um, and we arrived and he was breathing difficult, difficult breathing, but he was there. He, he could recognize that we were in the room with him. And within 10 minutes, he went home to be with Jesus. And you know, there's something about being with a loved one when they go home and be with Jesus, when they breathe out their last. It's hard to describe what goes on, uh, but yet God's presence filled that room. And there was a sense of peace and sense of security especially knowing where he is. When you believe the word of God and when you know what God says about those who make a commitment to Christ, uh, death is, is different for us who are believers. We don't grieve like the world grieves. We can celebrate knowing that my dad has been promoted into God's presence. Uh, when we were singing that last worship song, you know, I was thinking about my dad worshiping in heaven before the throne and and I, I reached out to Deb, and I grabbed her hand, and then she whispered to me, and she said, I thought about your dad worshiping that song. I said, I was thinking the same thing. But uh, uh, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, you know, I, I woke up yesterday morning. You know, I missed him. I already missed him. But you know what? I'm going to get to see him again. And that's the joy and the promise we have uh, through the Lord and the Word. And so there's a celebration of life service that will be this Friday, at 11 a.m., and there's a visitation here from 9 to 11 prior to the Celebration of Life service. And so if you're able to come and be part of that, uh, we would love to have you to support our family. Uh, the family is coming 
uh, from around the country to be here uh, for the celebration of life. My dad lived his life to serve. And one of the things, I believe he's left such an amazing legacy. So many in his family are really walking with God and serving God and and really pursuing the purpose of God for their lives. And, And that's a great legacy to leave behind. Now, my dad was a collector of clean jokes, okay? I need to tell you this. And there were times that he would print off, uh, as a senior citizen, uh, and some of you may not know this, but Associated Bank, they let you use their copy free of charge. So he'd go there and he'd make copies of jokes and he'd make sure I'd get these copies because, he, you know, he thought, well, you know, this will help you, uh, son. You know? So he'd give me this humor. In fact, I got a stack of them here, you know. Um, and so I'm going to share some of his humor and, and, and a couple of mine, and I'll let you choose and, uh, and be the judge of whose is better. Um, and so uh, my, my dad never owned a computer. Um, we got one for mom, and, and she was trying to get on Facebook and all that. Then she got fed up with it, and it, it, it just sat there as an ornament on the desk. And so, but my dad, he had the old manual typewriter, so he'd type out things, and, you know, he, he was old-fashioned in that way. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is something for those of you that are computer techs. Uh, I read this. It said, I changed my password to incorrect so that whenever I forget, the computer says your password is incorrect, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... You might be on to something there, you know? Uh, how many of you forget your password? Isn't that frustrating? And you think you got it and you put it in, and then you get locked out, you know, especially if it's online banking. And then you got to, it's just a mess, okay? Yeah, so, and then you have 50 different passwords, but, you know, you're not supposed to have always the same one. But anyway, uh, there's a five-year uh, track of New Year's resolutions that, that one guy had. I won't tell you who this guy is. It could be me, but I won't admit that. Uh, 2014, I will get my weight down below 180 pounds. 2015, I will follow my new diet religiously until I get below 200 pounds. 2016, I will develop a realistic attitude about my weight. 2017, I will work out three days a week. 2018, I'll try to drive past the gym at least once a week. Yeah, uh, that's more realistic, right? And um, so some of my dad's humor, I got a couple here. Um, in a small print, I might need somebody's readers, but I can see it. Maintaining a garden requires a lot of moisture. Much of it is from perspiration. Yeah. Okay, did you get that? Yeah, if you've not worked in the garden, you don't know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, And then, enough is enough. Here's one that says, turning 50 years old has its good side. You only have to go through it once. Okay, that's good. And then here's a, a, a foolish notion. I was taught that it is better to keep your mouth shut and be thought a fool than to open it and reveal all doubt. See, that's, that's pretty profound right there. And then I, I, I do have one more. Um, uh, I bought a vacuum cleaner or gave a vacuum cleaner to Michaela six months ago. And all it does is gather dust. Okay. Yeah, you got to think about that one. Well, speaking of Michaela, uh, we have an announcement to make concerning uh, her life and Andy Schultz's life. On New Year's Day, they were engaged to be married, and we congratulate them. And there's a... <laughs> Michaela's daughter, our, our first daughter, born daughter, our third child, and, and uh, so we're excited for them. The date is set September 1st, so we're excited for your lives. And they have a real neat story. We'll, uh, when Michaela preaches uh, within a couple months here, She'll share that story with you, right? Okay. We're trying to get her up here to, to minister one Sunday. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, she's an obedient daughter, just so you know. Yeah. So, 
And actually, I want to thank those of you that are participating with the 21 Days of Prayer. This is actually day seven of 21 Days of Prayer. And the focus, we have a prayer focus established each day. You can find that out uh, online. But the focus is today for Christian education or Stevens Point Christian Academy. And Stevens Point Christian Academy really exists to support parents who have a conviction to see that their children are taught with a biblical worldview where the Word of God is honored and, and the creator of this universe is honored. And, and, and you know, uh, we want you to know, and it's not something that we necessarily really uh, force as something, a mandate over the congregation. We believe it's an individual choice by parents. But our encouragement to you is to explore your options. Don't think, well, my kid can't go there because we can't afford it. Uh, now we are, uh, will be a school choice program, so that issue as far as being able to afford it is not an issue anymore. And so we don't have to compromise what we teach, the values we instill in the children. We can still maintain the integrity of what God's called us to do in establishing a Christian school with a Christian philosophy and honor God through it all. But, uh, so we're excited about that, so check it out. But uh, that is our prayer focus for today, and when we open up in a word of prayer after we uh, read the Scripture, we'll uh, pray for Stevens Point Christian Academy and, and Christian education in general, whether it's homeschool parents, whether it's other Christian programs uh, that are established that are serving the needs of our young people. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 and 3, and we're going to be exploring vision for 2018, and talking about maybe the concept of what vision is, and then sharing with you what we believe as the leadership of refuge, what God is, is directing us towards in 2018. I'm excited about this year um, because there's so much in store that God has for us. So Habakkuk chapter 2, this very interesting passage because it speaks about vision and what do we do with vision and really how we receive a vision from God. And so starting at verse 1, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It reads, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. I'm going to pause there for a moment how often do we complain because we're confused and we don't know direction for our life? But God is wanting us to take a stand because he's wanting to speak directives into our lives. But we have to be standing in a position where we can watch, where we can observe, and where we can see, okay? And so it goes on to say in verse 2, And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. And then verse 3, For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. It will not delay. You know, I think of things. I'll interject this. I think of things over the years of ministry, what we've envisioned, what we believe God for, and some of those things haven't come to pass yet. I think of a gymnasium. We've had a vision more than 20 years to build a gymnasium, not only that would serve the needs of Stevens Point Christian Academy, but also would be a facility that could bring young people together with sports and activities so that we would have a greater opportunity to speak into this community and reach out to this community, opening it up to people that could come and, and use the facility. And so that's been our vision, but, you know, it's there, and I'm... I'm believing this year that we're going to begin to take steps in faith to begin to see that realized. Amen? God's just waiting for us to take even baby steps if need be, okay? And so Habakkuk 2, verses 2 and 3, I want to read it to you in the Message Bible because it, it shares maybe a little different emphasis than what we see in the English Standard Version. But bear with me as we look at it in the Message Bible. Habakkuk 2, verses 2 and 3. Then God answered, write this. Write what you see. Write it out in big black letters so that it can be read on the run. This vision message is a witness pointing to what's coming. 
It ouches for the coming. It can hardly wait, and it doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. It will come right on time. You know, God is seldom early, but he's never late, okay? And sometimes we are saying, oh, God, when is this going to happen? How many of you have a vision for your life? Something that God showed you, something that God inspired you with a a long time ago, and you haven't seen it materialize. Well, there's a faith element that comes alongside with the vision where you engage your faith with that vision to see it come to pass. But there's a process. You know, Sam talked about the process a couple of weeks ago, and and the process is sometimes uh, something we don't want to think about or we don't want to go through because it takes time. And we want it yesterday, okay? Because we're living in the society where everything is fast food, you know, drive up restaurants. So, you know, who, who would have thought years ago, 50 years ago, that there'd be such a thing as a drive up restaurant, you know, and all these fast things that make life quicker so that you can have more time to do other things, okay? So, we understand that a vision is also considered a dream. You, those, those terms sometimes uh, are simultaneous. So a vision or a dream written down with a date becomes a goal. Okay, sometimes you can put a date. Now, uh, Michaela and Andy have a date. That's a goal. But they have to have a plan between now and September 1st so they can see their vision come to fruition, okay? Now, a goal broken down into steps becomes a plan, okay, because we need a plan of action, don't we? And then a plan backed by action makes the vision or the dream come true. There's got to be action. There has to be an effort put forth to see the vision realized. Now, see, God gives vision, but it must be embraced by men. You and I, men and women, have to embrace the vision that God gives. What vision has he given you? Now, You might say, okay, I don't know what vision he's given me, but let me share with you, God gives a church body a vision, and we call that a corporate vision. And within that corporate vision, often God gives an individual vision to each member. So you can have your individual vision as a member of the body of Christ or a member of refuge, and then together it complements the corporate vision of what God has called us to do to impact our community, okay? Now, understanding vision, we need to realize that a vision should be written down and made plain to see so that those who read it can follow. They can run with it. And see, there's an appointed time for the vision to be fulfilled, even though it may seem to be delayed. In a church setting, the vision must be plain so that each member can grab a hold of it and run with it. And so we're going to share that in a little bit, uh, what our church vision is. A vision plays, I believe, a vital role to foster commitment and also perseverance towards a noble goal. And a vision will take you somewhere. It will take you somewhere. Uh, now, your vision may involve a career, uh, family goals. It can be ministry goals. But vision for the believer always includes God. You can't exclude God from your vision. It includes God and other people. Without God and other people, your vision isn't really a vision, okay? Because God always involves others in what he's doing. And his vision always involves people and their needs and their desires and what's lacking. Uh, He includes that in what he wants to accomplish for them. Now, I believe Jesus Christ is building his church, and we see that universally But we also see that in individual congregations. And that's a declaration I make over refuge all the time. I thank God that Jesus Christ is building refuge. And according to the scripture, Matthew 18, 19, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus Christ is building refuge. And so if Jesus Christ is building refuge, then we have to become in tune with what the Spirit of God is saying to refuge. So we can hear the voice of God and run with that vision to impact our community. Now, it's not necessarily our preference, but it's us getting a download from heaven and running with his preference. You know, when we relaunch, uh, now it's going to be, we're going to enter our fourth year as refuge as we transition from Good News Fellowship Church 
Uh, and, you know, one of the first things that we realized is people were stuck with holding on to their preferences. And, you know, that can be dangerous because a preference must not get in the way of God's purpose. So we have to be willing to let go of our preferences, our personal preferences, to embrace the purpose of God that he has for us. And it's God's desire to reach this community. He doesn't want us to just have wonderful services in here. I mean, he does, but he doesn't want it to stay here. He wants this community to be impacted in such an incredible way. So we want to, so making it difficult for people to go to hell from our city so that this would become a town that would be known for godliness. You know, I, I can remember one time I was in Madison and I met somebody and they said, where, where are you from? They said, Stevens Point. And the first thing that came out of their mouth is, Party Town. Oh, okay, you're from Party Town. I said, no, I'm from Stevens Point. Oh, that's Party Town. You know, that's where everybody gets drunk. Everybody, you know, uh, you know, just having a good time. And you know, that inspired me. When I heard that then, it grieved me. At the same time, it inspired me because I realized that instead of Party Town, we want this to be known as a godly town, a righteous city where God dwells, known for passionate followers of Jesus Christ. If I'm spitting too much, I, I think there's a distance here. Uh, don't mind me. I don't know. That started happening when I turned 58. So I, I'm not sure, honey. Maybe we should go to the doctor about that one. I don't know. <laughs> I just can't drink a whole lot before I preach. I, maybe that's what I have to do. So my, my spit is anointed, so just so you know. Okay. Okay. So... So I have three points for you, and each of these points break down these three passages we see in the book of Habakkuk, uh, chapter 2. And so the first point is take your stand, okay? Take your stand. See, when we take our stand, there's this thing called casting vision, and, 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 and that's really catching it. When, when God spoke to the prophet Habakkuk, he said, take your position, take your stand, because I want you to catch something. I want you to catch something. And so he was standing in a place where he could see from a distance. And see, in the, the standpost or the watchtower, so to speak, he was watching a fire to see what was coming. So he could know beforehand. And see, if you're not looking to a distance, you're going to miss out on what's coming your way. And sometimes you'll be taken by surprise, especially if it's the enemy coming your way uh, with an assignment to take you out. And so we, we see here that Casting vision is really to catch it. How many fishermen do we have here? Okay, one, two, three. We got more fishermen than that, don't we? Uh, I was, uh, years ago, I was fishing on the Snake River in Idaho. And, and the reason they call it the Snake River is it goes like this. Mm, kind of mm, looks like a snake, I guess. But it was the time of my life, and my best and most favorite time that I ever went fishing, because we were in the boat, we got out there, and we found a place where the fish were biting. There were crappies. And we would cast our line in, and I tell you, it was within 10 seconds, we pulled one out. And so we were casting that, those uh, hooks out there as fast as we could and pulling out fish. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to try it just doing the hook. I'm not going to put any bait on it. And, you know, they were biting just the hook. They weren't even waiting for the bait. Those fish were hungry. And, you know, I was, I was thinking how when we cast a vision, the purpose of casting vision, that's what we're doing today, is for people to get hooked, for people to get caught with what God is doing, what he's bringing our way, so that we as a congregation begin to see beyond this day and see into the future of what God wants to do in our community and within our homes and our lives, okay? So to cast is, is to throw or move something in a forceful way. A cast, now we have some theater majors here in the congregation. Most of them are on break right now. But a cast is also assigned roles that are filled in order to perform a play. So when we cast a vision, that means there's going to be roles and assignments so people can come together and begin to perform for the kingdom. Not that it's a performance thing, but it's a service thing, okay? There's roles to be filled. There's needs to be met. And when everyone does their part, every need is met, right? Involvement is a real key there. 
Now, vision casting, oh, there's another uh, definition of cast. A cast is a form used to shape or repair what is broken. Have you ever had a cast because you broke a bone? You know, I've, I've seen people walk around with a cast on their arm and, and you know, it's, it's like this big heavy thing. It's like, okay. And they actually put a strap around the arm to hold it up around the neck and they're walking with this cast. You know, that thing can be a weapon. I mean, that cast is hard. They can go boom and knock you out. They can take you out in a minute, okay? But, but that cast is designed to prepare what is broken. So when you cast a vision, the vision of God is designed to repair what is broken in our culture. Okay? So I'm excited about that as, as we cast vision here today. Now, back at chapter 2, verse 1, it says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me. We're looking out. God, what are you going to say? What are you going to say for 2018? So when, when casting vision, we need to filter it by making sure the vision is clear, by making sure it's concrete. Now, concrete means that it's fixed, it's solid, uh, that it's concise, that, you know, it, it's not this complicated thing that nobody can understand, and that it's compelling, that it, it's inviting. Yes, I want to be part of that. You know, uh, we, in the recent Refuge Life class, it was very interesting because uh, the people, as they shared, what drew you to Refuge? And there was so much that was compelling about what's happening here that are drawing people in. And so that's exciting because the vision needs to be compelling. It needs to be compelling. Our, our second point in the second verse there in Habakkuk 2.2 is write the vision. Write the vision. And it reads in verse 2, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. See, we need to write it. It needs. Now, and years ago, with Good News Fellowship Church, I was sharing that one time, and there was a man in the congregation that uh, made, took that seriously. He engraved it in granite, and we had it on the plaque on the wall, the vision of the church. And, and so, uh, if you are an engraver, you know maybe you can help us out there. But uh, so that that was something, you know, to put it there so it's visible. Now it's on our website. It's in our, our publications and all that. Um, and, and how many of you know what the vision is? If you don't, I want to really encourage you to really commit it to your heart and so that it, it, it inspire you every time you come here and those you interact with in the community, those you invite here, that it would be a driving force that would inspire you. And so at Refuge, we believe that all people matter to God. That's the first part, praise of our vision. We believe that all people matter to God. No matter what kind of condition they're in, who they are, what the color of their skin is, it doesn't matter. They matter to God, okay? And so having that mindset is important. That's part of our vision. And this is a place where we grow while finding authentic hope, purpose, and love through Jesus. See, it's a place where we come to grow and to find that authentic hope and purpose, and love through Jesus. Uh, those three things are important to add meaning to our life, to uh, bring us to a place where we know that there's a plan and a destiny for our lives, that we weren't just an accident. Now, let me tell you, you're not an accident. You know, some of you might think you're an accident waiting to happen, but that's not true. God ordained your life. He planned and determined your days before you even existed. From before the foundation of this world, in fact, the scripture tells us in, in Psalms 139. Now, now, we are a church that reaches inward, discovering wholeness in our relationship with Jesus Christ so that we can reach outward. And see, one of the things and one of the transitions and reasons I believe God transitioned, transitioned us from Good News Fellowship Church to Refuge was that we had become inward-focused. And God didn't want that to be our vision. It had become that where we needed to stretch and begin to reach outward to the community to, to make an impact the, the way he wanted us to. And see, Refuge is outwardly focused in its vision to impact the community and the world. You know, whether you realize or not, there's churches worshiping in Africa, 
that are under the banner of this ministry. Uh, there's a network of churches that's now grown over 200 churches that are part of an organization that God used us to establish in that country, pioneering Bible schools in six regions of the country that are teaching and training and raising up ministers. And we're going to plan a trip there in the fall, and we want to take some people with us. We're going to have some graduation ceremonies, some ordination services. We're going to be doing leadership conferences. So if you want to be part of that, let us know. We're, we're going to start planning it now. Uh, and so we're prepared and ready so we can have um, a plan, right, of action. Um, so our mission, and the mission is just as important as a vision. Uh, it describes what we do or what we actually accomplish through the vision. And so uh, the vision at Refuge is that Refuge is a place that welcomes all people. And see, we're a welcoming church. And that's something that God really put upon our hearts, that we need to be a welcoming church. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but over the years I've visited churches and there's times I went and I left and I didn't feel welcomed. I, I felt like people, you know, didn't want to really bother to introduce themselves to me. And, and me being more of an introvert, I know you might find that hard to believe, but I am. Uh, kind of like Michaela, she can get up here and she can talk good, but she's really an introvert. To get to know her, you really got to make an effort. <laughs> but she's okay, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I don't know, I'm picking on her, probably because she's engaged, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, I lost my place. That uh, serves me right here. Okay, no, refuge is a place that welcomes people, equipping them to grow in faith through God's word. We create engaging environments where people can discover their purpose, resulting in a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. That's what it's about, a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ. See, we take his message of love and hope to our community and beyond. So what we receive and encounter in the presence of God will equip us to make a difference outside these four walls. So at as a part of refuge, active involvement is something that's encouraged. So you won't truly get the full experience until you're involved in some capacity, serving in some capacity. See, we know God has placed unique gifts, talents, and abilities in each one of you. Each one of you has something to give, contribute, and share. But some, some of you just sitting on that. You're holding back. You say, oh, I just want to sit. Enjoy. I don't want to serve. I don't want to change diapers back in the nursery. I don't know if they do that here. I think moms and dads do that for the, those, I don't know. I haven't been back there changing diapers in a while. I used to do my own kids, but they're, you know, growing out of the diapers. So anyway, I don't know where I'm going with all this. <laughs> but there's many opportunities to be involved through volunteering and contributing of our time, our talent, and our resources. See, this year, and I'm going to put this out there, as we were in prayer, seeking God's direction, something he spoke to, about us, to us about 2018, that in 2018, a focus would be on discovering the meaning of life. The meaning of life. You know, what's the true meaning of life? Ecclesiastes, if you want to turn there, chapter 2, verse 17, the scripture reads, So I hated life. Because what is done under the sun was grievous to me. For all is vanity and a striving after the wind. So here Solomon, the wisest and wealthiest man on earth, he hated his life. He hated life because he was frustrated. He was confused. He didn't understand its true meaning. See, he made it his pursuit to seek out what is life? What is the true meaning of life? And so in 2018 how we develop our messages and series will all be geared to help people and to help our culture discover the true meaning of life. For you, for you, that means to discover your purpose and to find your identity in Christ. So now the reason people hate their life is because they don't know or understand the true meaning of life. That's why they hate it. They don't know the true meaning. Only with God's perspective revealed through a relationship with Jesus Christ can we understand and know the true meaning of life? John 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. 
Now, there's an underlining theme of the book of Ecclesiastes, and we're going to be kind of looking and exploring that book in 2018 this year, okay? Uh, and the point is, apart from, from God, life is pointless. Apart from having a meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ, life can be pointless. And so Ecclesiastes presents a realistic perspective of life and that life without God has no meaning, okay? And Solomon, actually, who is the author of Ecclesiastes, he comes across in what seems to be a very disheartening way. He's questioning and often expressing frustrations because much in life is not completely understood. I mean, how many things don't you understand in life? How many people outside these four walls don't understand what's happening? Because they don't know the true meaning of life, they're confused, they're misled, and, and they begin to invest their life in things that are temporal, and they get addicted to things that, that bring them into bondage. And so uh, Jesus wants to set them free. The message of Ecclesiastes can be summed up in this. Man left to his own strategies will always find life empty. Always find life empty. So our challenge will be to ask God to help us better understand the meaning of life, okay? And even when things that happen may not be so good, and we may struggle through some issues, we need to know that even facing defeat and failure, that we can still discover the true meaning of life and because God wants to get us through those things and bring us to a place of living and walking in victory. Our life is found in Christ and our purpose is discovered in Him. Okay? It really is. Life has no meaning apart from a relationship with God. You know, that might sound pretty bold, but it's true. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can accomplish, you can't accomplish anything significant apart from Jesus Christ. He needs to be a part, He needs to be involved in your life. Upcoming series that we're going to do, actually, we're starting next week. We're going to do start a series on DNA. And how many of you know what DNA is? Actually, it's a, it's a real metaphor of our age, which conveys the powerful idea that our identity can be traced to a source, a source that determines who we are and what we're able to do. And so uh, we're going to discover our DNA, not only as, you know, we're going to teach about uh, as an individual, in our, as our identity in Christ, as well as our identity as a church. We're going to look at our spiritual DNA, okay? And so, and then in February, we're going to do famous love stories of the Bible. That's, that should be interesting. We're going to look at uh, relationships and God's design for marriage and that sort of thing. And we understand that the meaning of life can be found in meaningful relationships, right? Okay? Uh, with, with my dad in his passing, the relationship I had with him you know, that's everything. You know, there's so much. Nothing else matters than having a right relationship with someone. And so we'll share more about that. And then in March, we're going to be talking about culture shock. Culture shock. How do we respond to what's happening in our culture as a church? And, and through that, we can discover the meaning of life and help others discover it as well. All right? Number three, point number three, verse three, and you can write this down if you're taking notes. It will surely come. It will surely come. Habakkuk 2, 3, it says, For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. So understand that vision keeps you on track. It keeps you on track. Are you tracking? You know, recently, or a number of years ago, they came out with this thing called the track phone. You know, nobody wants to have a track phone. That's only the thing that's left in the glove, glove box in the car in a case of an emergency. You know, it's not something you want to use every day. But yet, a track phone is important if, if you want to uh, find out where you're going or if you are in a place where you need to have others find out where you are, okay? And so, uh, are you tracking with me? Okay. <laughs> so... Proverbs 29, 18, because we have to stay on track, okay? We have to stay on focus. A vision will help you stay focused. Vision will help you stay on track. It'll help you stay the course. If you don't have a vision, you're going to be going all over the place. 
Uh, and so we need to stay on track. Proverbs 29, 18, I love the message Bible. It reads this way. If people can't see what God is doing, they will stumble all over themselves. In other words, they're not tracking, okay? But when they attempt to do what he reveals, they are most blessed. Now, the, the voice translation for Proverbs 29:18 uh, reads this way. Where there's no vision from God, the people run wild. But those who adhere to God's instruction know genuine happiness. Another translation says uh, the people are unrestrained. If they don't have a vision, they're unrestrained. And so vision helps to put restraints in our life so we can be set, disciplined, and moving in the directive and the goal that God has determined for our lives. So we're going to bring this to a close in a little bit. But let me just share a couple thoughts with you relating to vision. According to the Word of God, as we, we just read here, without a progressive vision, we run wild. Every church body should have a vision that drives it forward and propels it past all hindrances. Because you see, there's going to be hindrances. There's going to be obstacles. But those obstacles don't have to determine our destiny. The vision does. The obstacle is only a temporal thing that tries to hinder or delay what is inevitably coming, okay? And so we, we need to realize that. Vision that's breathed upon by the living God, empowered, it actually empowers the church to defeat the enemy and move us forward in faith and unity. That's what God wants to do. He wants to move us forward in faith and unity. See, the, what the enemy tries to do in a church is he tries to cause strife and division. And where there's strife and division, the Bible says there's every evil work that comes in there. And it paralyzes that church from being effective in the community. And so we need to determine we're going to come together and be unified in the vision that God has given us to be able to impact this community. All right? The vision we see is in reference to the future. To have a vision is to have a future. Now a person without a vision is, a re- is really a person without a future. Vision gives us direction and purpose and insight to what's ahead. It really does. Now, a vision is to clearly, is actually clearly defined as a blueprint that God gives us. It's his blueprint. It's his plan. Okay? So vision is actually essential to experience that all that God has for us. What does God have for you? You can't experience what he has for you in, until you have vision. And so we need to understand the source of vision, which is God. 2018 is a time to multiply, not to maintain. You know, several weeks ago, the Lord began to convict us. We were watching, actually, in our small group, we were doing the calling, the series by John Bevere. It's a, like a 10-week course. And we were in the final session. And as I previewed that session, I became convicted because I realized that I wasn't having the heart and the mindset to multiply. I had more of a mindset to maintain. And so I shared this with Deb and other leadership, and we made a commitment that in 2018, we're not going to have a mentality just to maintain. We're going to embrace the mentality to multiply. Because understanding in John Bevere's teaching, he talked about faithfulness. The true meaning of faithfulness is multiplication. If you're faithful with a little and it multiplies, God will entrust you with much. God is wanting to entrust us with what he has so that it multiplies. God wants to multiply our efforts in 2018, whatever they may be for his purpose and for his kingdom. So get ready to multiply. What's interesting about this year, 2018, uh, the actual number means multiplication in, in a sense. This is actually also the Hebrew year on the Hebrew calendar of 5778. Five being a number of favor, seven being perfection, another seven being perfection, so double perfection, with eight being new beginnings. See, there are meanings associated with numbers. If you've ever done a study on it, it's very interesting. And so we see that this year in the Hebrew calendar, 
is a year of favor, perfection, and new beginnings, okay? Uh, for, uh, and what's interesting about 2018, this year marks the 70th year anniversary of the rebirth of the nation of Israel. Did you know that? Restored as a nation on May 14th, 1948. That's significant. So this is a year of new beginning, the year eight. In 2018, our goal is for 50% of the 525 people that call this their home church to be connected and committed to a small group. And right now, we're about 120 that are part of small groups. We want to see that number double because small groups are a place to connect, to build, to be discipled, to be made accountable. And, and there's growth that's happening. There's... How many of you are involved in a small group? Are you glad? You love it? Amen. Yeah. So we want to see more people engaged, more people involved. And the neat thing about small groups, you can invite your friends and other people that may be unchurched, that, that aren't even saved or don't have a relationship with Jesus, and they can come into a small group and, and meet some of you nice people. Right. And um, so, and if you want to get connected... Uh, Deb actually is, is over, uh, in oversight of the small groups. And so you can talk to her if you want to get involved. There's, there's, uh, online, you can actually inquire and, and, and get involved in small groups. So there's ways that we can connect you and get you in place. Uh, because that's an important part of growth uh, for us as believers. Um, we're also believing God for at least 20% growth in our congregation. So if we have 525, that would be another at least... 100, right? Praise God. That might be a small goal, but I mean, I believe God. We can believe God for more, but we want to make it reasonable and attainable, right? And so that means that we need to do what we can to reach out to people because I'm sure you know people that could benefit from what is being delivered through this ministry to people in the community that could be blessed, could be encouraged, be inspired, be built up. Amen. All right, a couple other things. 2018, we will be a prayer-focused people. A prayer-focused people that are moved to action because if you're prayer-focused, you're going to be moved to act, moved to respond, moved to be involved, moved to do something, okay? So prayer uh, will, true heartfelt prayer will move you to action, okay? And then... Uh, we have to ask you this question, what will we do differently in 2018 to reach our culture? Let me tell you, you can start with prayer. It's a starting place. Uh, the end of February, we're actually planning to do a foster care outreach uh, where we're inviting our foster care parents and foster children to come to an event where we can love on them and bless them with a, a banquet meal and this has been a vision in Deb's heart for many years, and now it's just all coming together. Um, we have people from UWSP that are going to be heading up the drama part of it. It's going to be a, a regular program and production. Uh, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be a blessing to serve uh, the needs of foster care children in our community and foster care parents. And so uh, a number of years ago, I was actually on the Health and Human Service Board in Portage County, and I served on a permanency planning committee, which uh, every month we would meet together and we would meet with foster care children, foster care parents, and their parents and talk about the plan of action and how things were going. And that intrigued me so much to, to see the needs, to see the heartache, to see the issues in our own community. And so I was involved in that. And, and they actually gave me liberty. They said, we know you're a pastor. Uh, there's no restriction on you. So Really? So if I can share the Bible, I can share the Bible. They said, absolutely. So I took my liberty, okay? So it was received. It was received. I, I didn't beat them over the head with the Bible, you know. Was, okay, but I, I could speak into the lives of some of these kids. And it was, it was wonderful, okay? So then community picnic. We're going to make it bigger than better, and better than last year. You know, people came out last year and they said, this is all free. How can you do that? Well, we want to show love to our community. We want to bless you. And, and so we're going to do it bigger and better than last year. And then um, we're going to be revamping uh, Refuge Kids and developing a new or uh, next 
generation or next-gen strategy to really do more to impact the children that are coming here every week. And so we're going to make time and investment and finances into that area of ministry. We're going to have renovation of the grounds and facilities here. You're going to see some upgrades. We're believing God for resources to be able to do that. And so, and then, as I said earlier, that for more than 20 years, we've had a vision to build a gymnasium. And maybe let me plant a seed, if nothing more, to start to pray, to believe God, to see that vision fulfilled and to come into fruition. So, I want to close with a verse, not Matthew, Daniel 9.3. Daniel 9.3. And turn with me there, if you would. Uh, We are, as I said earlier, on day seven, participating in 21 days of prayer. And uh, there's brochures available at the Welcome Center if you haven't received one uh, that actually outline just the strategy of what we're doing with the prayer focuses as well as the Daniel Fast, uh, which is a restricted diet, so to speak, that helps uh, to get you more in tune with the things of God. Um, You know, getting rid of the sweets, getting rid of the caffeine, getting rid of some of the foods that um, sometimes are not healthy, but yet um, your body begins to go through a rebellion, a period of rebellion. Um, You know, it's amazing. I I won't say any (laughs) more on that. But fasting is something that Jesus prescribed. Uh, Jesus said, when you fast. He didn't say, if you fast. So as believers, we're called at some point to come to place to seek out in prayer and fasting, to really get a hold of the heart and the mind of the Lord in our lives because he wants to speak into our lives. Uh, During the fast, we commit time to prayer, and you can join us in prayer. Uh, We're we're getting together Tuesday night uh, at 6 p.m. Anybody that can be here, we encourage you to come. We had a powerful time last Tuesday night. And then uh, in the mornings at the academy, we're meeting out there for prayer as well. If you can come out for just even a few minutes uh, in the morning uh, from 5 to 8, and somebody will be out there. I can't promise I'll be out there every morning, but I'll I'll be praying somewhere, okay? Um, And so also our daily prayer focus is found on uh, Facebook, the Refuge page. So you can check that out as well. But Daniel 9.3, and you need to understand the heart of Daniel. Uh, He gave himself over to prayer and fasting. In Daniel 9.3, it says, So I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek him, to seek him, to seek him by prayer and supplications with fasting. And I want to interject this. Growing up on the dairy farm in Junction City, which is not too far from here, I can remember seeing my dad at his bedside on his knees praying. And you know, every morning when he got up, he would pray at his bedside. And every night before he went to bed, he would pray at his bedside. And you know, I don't know if he left the door of his bedroom open on purpose, but us kids, if we were staying up late or if we were getting up really early, we would see dad there. And if I had to get up and help him with the chores in the barn, I would see him in the morning. He never failed to do that. He never failed to seek God in prayer. And you know, that prayer really, I believe, has left us with such a legacy in our family when we see what God is doing through his offspring and making a difference in the world today that we live in. So this challenge to prayer is significant. This, this call to prayer as we see God giving him the first fruits of our year is important. And individually, as members of Refuge, you can participate at whatever level you're comfortable, but let's get involved at some level. And God will honor that as a church, as a praying church, because we will be a prayer-focused church this year. It's not going to just last for 21 days. It's going to carry on into the rest of the year. Because prayer, I believe, will make a difference. When people don't pray, God really, it's hard to believe, but he's limited in what he can do. Because the Bible says, if my people humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. So there's that if. So God calls us to pray so that he can begin to move because otherwise, God's just, he's waiting to get involved. He's waiting for us 
to give him that opportunity through prayer to come and interact, to reveal, to show himself strong on our behalf. I want you to bow your heads with me at this time. And we're going to pray. And after I pray this prayer, I'm also going to give an invitation, but this is a prayer I want you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, repeat after me if you would. Heavenly Father, help us to better understand the meaning of life. Give us a revelation of the bigger picture so that we can gain more of your perspective in our daily walk. Allow our life to effectively communicate the true meaning of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you believe that? Do you receive that? Now, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, you know, I, I don't really have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I can't really say that I'm living for God. I can't say that I've dedicated my life to Him. And you say, Pastor, I want to make a commitment today. I want to put my faith in Jesus today. It's understanding that Jesus died on the cross for every one of us. He shed His blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus is the Savior of the world, the Redeemer. No man comes to the Father except through Him. We were born in sin, corrupted by sin. The sin nature rules and dominates our life. But Jesus is the solution. He's the answer. He's the one that comes in and washes our sins away. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. He gives us a new heart, a new life. And so that's available to you. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want you just to slip up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to make a commitment of my life to Jesus. I'm willing and ready to surrender to Him today, to commit my life to Him today. If that's you, just slip up your hand and we'll pray for you just a little bit. A little later, we're going to have the prayer team come up here and they're going to be able to pray for you. Amen. Well, let's stand up together because we're going to worship God in a song. What has God spoken to you through this message this morning? What has he spoken to you? I trust that you will take that to heart. And that whatever he spoke to you, you will respond in the way to allow what he spoke to you to make a difference in your life. Amen. And what I sense today too, some of you are struggling because... You're facing a situation. You're facing circumstances that you don't have the answers for. You need to know and realize that God has the answer for you. That he has a way where there seems to be no way. Because the Bible says he'll make a way in the wilderness. And so no matter what you're facing, put your trust in the Lord this morning. Commit your way to him. Cast your care, cast your burden on him. Because some of you are carrying weights that you were never designed to carry. You need to give it to God. He's going to take it from you so that you can walk in freedom. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 11, said, come unto me, all of you that are heavy laden. And he said, I will give you rest. And then he said, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now understanding that Jesus was speaking about a yoke in, in that day a yoke was made for two the ox would get in the yoke there'd be one ox on one side one ox on the other side and Jesus is saying you can yoke up with me and guess who's going to carry most of the weight it won't be you it won't be you well God bless you thank you for being so receptive to the word this morning Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.